Hi guys, welcome to episode 4 of the Bowling for Soup fan page Rampage. My name is Daniel Cotton from Twitter and I'm joined by Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. How's, Hi Jarrett. How's it going buddy? I caught you, mid, bad. I caught you? you mid-drink of beer right there. You did. I'm always mid-drink of beer yeah. all the time. Yeah, I'm good man. Um, you know, this one we're being way more timely. It's like the the last one just came out but we were I was like a month late getting it out so... This is this is way better timing, and uh, thank you to everybody for their patience and for listening to the episode three. Yeah, I don't know if you saw my uh, post in the fan page a couple of days ago, but I believe that was your most popular podcast ever on iTunes. Okay, so, you know that could it could so. be it 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 might be, or it could just be like popularity right now. I don't know how that works. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's over time, but I don't I don't think so because if you go and look, yeah, the stats they yeah. I feel like it's yeah. you. I feel like it's you that's bringing this to the next level. Because all the ones that I did by myself, it's just it's just that. It's just me playing with myself. And uh, having you here, you know, it's like uh, it's like having you a friend. To play with me? Yeah, having a friend play with yeah. me, you know? It's really nice. Oh, back to back. On. Can you hear that ringing right there? Yes. That's the uh, pet hospital calling me. I'm going to decline that and call them back. It's time for all three dogs to go into the vet. But today I took my car into the shop. That's enough maintenance on things around the house for today. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, I mean, I feel like dogs are more important. But Yeah, well, okay. they're fine right now. You know, it's just like uh, they just need their checkup. But yeah, they're, uh, they're very important members of the family. And uh, I like them a lot. And I like my fish, Timmy. The miracle, miracle fish. fish. That's right. The miracle fish. Um, but yes, yeah, so later on in the show, we'll have Fiona on with her post of the month and, uh, let's get into the nitty gritty. That's right. So right now, I guess first thing is, are there any updates bowling for soup wise? Anything you want to talk about? What's going on? What's the latest? Well, let's talk about the fact that we went to South Africa since we, since we did this. Holy crap. Uh, what an intense trip. I mean, the travel was brutal. I mean, we did 60 hours in airplanes and 30 hours in a minivan to play four shows in a week. Now, all that said, that doesn't count the layovers, 14-hour layover in Qatar, and uh, I mean, just insane travel. Um, the shows were incredible, though. It was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, we, we, we did pretty good about keeping pictures going up and uh, and stuff, so... If you're following along, sorry, that's a yawn. I'm yawning right now. If you're following along, um, you'll see. I mean, we, we had a really great time. We were, we were taken care of. The fans over there were awesome, knew all the words to every song. I mean, anytime you go to a country you never thought you'd go to and you just show up and start playing, you don't even know if anybody's going to show up at the show. And yep. then you play and everybody knows every word to every song. It's pretty amazing. And uh, so that was great. And then. Um, just recently, we just finished the Texas run with a Oklahoma City date added in, and every show but one sold out. And so, just lots of good stuff going on in Bowling for Soupland. 
Um, Eric's solo stuff is kind of, uh, he's, he's kind of at a, going to be auditioning new players for that and trying to get back up and running after his bass player left the band to do some other stuff. And, uh, he and Chris Bernie moved in together in a house in Denton. And so they're, uh, roomies now. So Chris, Eric, Stella, and Wally now living in one place, um, awesome. which is terrifying. And then uh, me and Gary had dinner with the wives last night, all, along with uh, fan fan favorite David Dooley and his wife Randy. And so things are good, you know, at home now for for a while, just trying to get some stuff done, some some other projects um, sealed up that I started before I left. And uh, but yeah, man, Bowling for Soupland is really good. We're we're obviously Warp Tour coming up in the summer. We've talked about that and and a couple other things in the works. Cool. So let's talk about Bone of Soup in the news. Uh, as you just mentioned, South Africa, just one of the first things I got here is from highwaymail.co.za, which I assume is some kind of South African website. Um, the Splashy Festival was fun, and Bone of Soup was super engaging with the crowd, played some of your favorites. They even mention that Fountains of Wayne wrote Stacey's mom and not you guys. So I think they did. <laughs> All of the research they needed to do. They really did. Funny thing about the Splashy Fest is that we it wasn't necessarily directed at us, but we did get a fi- uh, a email that was just like, hey, Splashy Fest is great. There were some people that got carried away with language and stuff on stage. It's, you know, kind of something that we're kind of <laughs> trying to avoid here at Splashy. But, um, but yeah, man, it, it, I'm not certain that that was directed at us, but it's highly possible. Sorry, yeah, I, I would, I would guess it was. I mean, when you uploaded the video of you uh, chugging a drink while everyone's chanting for you to down it in one, yeah, I was like, oh, oh man, this is going to be a bad trip for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if the crowd, if the crowd convinced Jarrett to down a drink, then Jesus Christ, everything has gone off the rails. <laughs> yeah, um, it, you know, it was one of those things where they they sort of do the chug chant like you guys did but there's they have one that was brutal i can't let me see if i can remember no that's the song we sing as well uh we like to drink with jarrett something oh. yeah. yeah people in the uk guys... will know that song because people sing it at festivals oh okay yeah and then i think they do one that's called like chug or fuck off or something like that like you either chug it or you have to <laughs> fuck off and so like it was just like just having some fun with uh with that and that they ended up getting me to to chug it and and uh, but you know what the shows the shows all went really well that's fantastic and must be cool to still be uh like reaching uncharted territory and stuff definitely one of those things where we don't really you know you don't really expect to i mean i i say it all the time like we're sort of done you know as far as like being explorers you know and like discovering new lands and things like that but um you know, when one comes together like that and the, and you find a passionate promoter and he's passionate, you know, and, and really, really works hard to get you over there and you go over there and it works, um, you know, yeah. it's it's super motivating and it feels good. Awesome. Another thing that the uh, news has been talking about is the Oklahoma Songwriters Festival with Zach Malloy. How did that go? Oh, man, it was so much fun. So my friend Zach Malloy, who was in the band The Nixons and who has co-written quite a few Bowling for Soup songs with me, and especially in the early days of my co-writing, um, which would have been like Burrito Extortion Case uh, and Hangover, um, 
yeah, he uh, he does this songwriters festival. It was the third year and invited me to come in as a special guest. So I got to go in, talk songwriting with a bunch of up and coming and 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 established even songwriters there in Oklahoma, and met with a bunch of the of the the people that are involved in the arts there. It's a, that that city, Oklahoma City, has got a really cool thing going on where they're really working hard to get film. Um, companies to make movies there and and they're trying to use Oklahoma music within it and so it's it's a really cool resource um that 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 the musicians there have and that the songwriters there have and so it was cool we were kind of trying to bring awareness of that to them as well um, even though I'm not from Oklahoma it, it was just that was part of the agenda but yeah and then we played a, a show where uh, we did a four guy there was a song swap with the Oklahoma writers went first so they took turns playing a song each uh, a couple of songs and then we we were up there for a couple of hours myself and the three Nashville writers and uh, it was cool I got to meet some some great writers both local and national and uh you know, is is really. I mean, it's nice to be up there on stage with like a bunch of dudes who have like country number one hits and stuff, and I've got like a top five pop hit. But um, and I come from a completely different world. But it, it, we had a we had a blast. It was it was. I wish I hope they filmed it. Uh, I don't know, but it was a, it was a fantastic week. If you uh, go onto the fan page, there are definitely some videos that have been uploaded of that. So if you aren't in the fan page obviously join if you can't find them uh, mm -hmm. tag me or something and we'll we'll dig them out and, and link you to them yeah and if you want to uh, and, and also i think they've got stuff up on oklahoma songwriters festival.com so you can go check that out and i think there's even more coming in you know in the, in the next couple of weeks so a really really cool event i just want to say that the news story about that came from a publication called news okay which i think okay being the state initials of oklahoma is fantastic and points me to one of the greatest bone super lyrics of all time i like tools are okay yeah which i think is fucking hilarious right yeah exactly uh and and you know that's funny because that's exactly what i was doing there with that and a lot of people probably don't get that but um when i was a kid my grandparents are from oklahoma and their uh, their license plate actually said oklahoma is okay <laughs> it's not like, like it. it's not like texas is the greatest state in the world like we all do it's more <laughs> just like oklahoma it's fine it's that's a very english thing you know I, I, it's fine whatever yeah. it's all right not bad not bad. not terrible another thing that uh i got emailed about a uh, classic rock album of the week review motley Crue shout at the devil with a feature of uh, the singer from Bowling for Soup talking about this album. How did that come about? Goodness gracious. I don't even remember doing that. Uh, I, um, gosh, that's crazy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know I've done a bunch of stuff with classic rock in the past, uh, and, and, and the writer's really, really good. Um, but whatever I said, I, I stand by it, I guess. I don't remember doing that at all. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you seem to be the only person featured in the article who's talking about it which is a little bit a little bit weird it's like they just i assume you must be mentioned at some point on the motley crew wikipedia page you guys have got to be mentioned right that must be somewhere right i mean we do mention them a lot in songs so you know you and we dressed up like them in 1985 the video so i, I would hope so but you know i don't take that for granted last thing in the news uh 
it's just reviews of the recent Texas Oklahoma tour that uh, everyone seems to have loved. How did that go? Oh man, it 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 really was awesome. I mean, it, you know, it was like even longtime fans were there just going, "Holy crap! It's 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 packed." I mean, we started out sold out show uh, in the suburbs here in Dallas. Went down to sold out show in Austin. I played Houston. That one did not sell out. It's new venue, um, and but it was close, very close. And then sold out Oklahoma City. Sold out Tyler, Texas. Uh, just a great, great week. And uh, you know, some some new staff starting. Um, so our our assistant TM from last year's Warp Tour, Ashley, has joined, starting touring on, and then. Uh, my, I have a new assistant that's going to be starting soon. That's going to be just helping me with all of the various Bowling for Soup and Jarrett and Band in Texas and uh, Jarrett goes to the movies and all of that stuff. And uh, her name is Jaylena. She started uh, on that tour as well. So they they were doing merch, and um, my wife got to go on the tour, and we just we really did. We had a really really great time, and the fans were awesome as always. By the way, if you were a VIP and your and your picture came out dark, uh, they're fixed and on the on the page now. So I'm trying to shout that from the rooftops because I think some people probably checked it once and were like, "This picture sucks," and never will go back again. You know, but. Uh, I we we she was just trying to get them up as quick as possible, and she didn't like correct them or whatever. And again, she's young and new and doing her best. And so anyway, they're fixed and up there. The review here that that I'm reading says that one glaring criticism was that the band talked way more than usual between songs. So I assume this person has never seen Bowling for Soup before. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know. It's so funny. It's it's like way more than usual. It's, I don't that definitely didn't happen on this tour because I mean we've had we've had two hour shows where we play four songs. Yeah, I I love that. I mean, I don't know if this happens in the US, but one of the one of the most common heckles in the UK is play a song yeah. if you're not playing a song. Right. And every time I hear someone shout that at Bowling for Soup show, I'm just like, oh, dude, you're at the wrong show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not, they are not going to play a song. Yeah. And if you say play a song, they will not play a fucking song. No, it's like the last thing that you, it's like telling me not to swear. Like, it's like, it, it's okay if I, if I just understand it. But if you're like, don't, sw- you know, don't swear or don't mention the barbecue sandwich, you know, whatever. Uh, but play a song is like the worst heckle you can do at a BFS show for sure, especially if we hear you, because then we'll basically spend the next 10 minutes talking about that. Yep, I've seen that happen on more than one occasion. <laughs> also, also, I've seen several times in the past where you've been told to do something, even if it's by Dave, and you've just been like, don't fucking tell me what to do. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, totally. You, you know how you're a dick. You know that. <laughs> so... This day in Bowling for Soup history, uh, let's look at the 26th of April, 2011, Fishing for Woos was released worldwide. What's your favorite memories about that? Fishing for Woos was such a, a, a interesting record because we had just gotten dropped from Jive just a few months before. Um, we got dropped in December, and then we went in the studio April, May, got, literally just got it done and out, and... um. You know, it, 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 it was a triumphant thing. It was like, hey, we can do this on our own. I'm still really, really proud of that album. Um, I, you know, it's one of those that I look at and I'm like, it's like the first one since we were like, a, you know, little kids, really, and that we did on our own. And, 
great experience. Linus came down to Dallas. We did that one all at the at Valve Studios here. Um, awesome. You know, just the writing happened really, really fast. I kind of just um, really dug my dug my teeth in and dug my feet in my teeth. I dug something in and, and uh, super happy about that. I still get songs from that album in my head all the time. And uh, so, yeah, I, th- that was again, very triumphant moment. That's the album that brought us turbulence, uh, which is one of, you know, a big fan favorite, one of my favorite songs ever that um, I'm involved in. So um, yeah, Fishing for Woos. I, uh, very underrated album, I think, as far as like in the Bowling for Soup world because it didn't have the promotion dollars behind it. It was sort of pre-Facebook, everybody knowing how to market through Facebook and stuff like that. So it's almost one of those that was just kind of put out and it just sort of, there it is. You, you discover it or you don't. And um, so, you know, I take a lot of pride in that one for sure. That's cool. Um, I think... The the thing about that album, I remember it being marketed as uh, we're returning to our drunk enough to dance days. Yeah, and I remember that that being a huge deal because obviously that's you know your biggest album and the one that the fans love the most and everything. And I remember thinking like I'm so excited for this album to come out if it's going to be like Drunk Enough to Dance and hearing it and being like, wow, this is nothing like Drunk Enough to Dance, but it's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. But yeah. so. Um, I guess like more more like a, a country feel to it, more of a um, homely, um, self-produced feel. You can definitely tell it was the first thing you guys had done. Like no record company saying do this or mm-hmm. do that. You know, it, it you, you can feel it, and and I think it's great. And lyrically, I think it's a brilliant album as well. Like the the there's a lot of clever stuff on there yeah. stuff that make you make you 20 minutes after you hear it be like oh shit that's funny you know? <laughs> well i pride myself on that as you know but you're right i i think i wanted to go back to the drunk enough to dance days i even sat out to do it that way and then once we got in the studio i was like no 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 i want the drums more polished than that and i want this and i want that and it's just like it kind of became just another series in the the albums that we were doing at the time. I feel like with Drunk Dynasty, we actually went back, and it does sound more like drunk enough to dance ish um, than than definitely more than than that of Fishing for Woos for sure. Big question of the month is: What is Jarrett listening to right now? Well, you know, I have to give a shout out to my girls, man. Um, I am managing, I think it's it's pretty well broadcast out there that I'm managing a band called Not Your Girlfriends. They're from right here in my backyard. Not actually in my backyard. That'd be weird because um, you can't just raise children in your backyard. Um, but uh, Not Your Girlfriends, I met them almost exactly a year ago. And I was uh, brought to them by a friend of mine named John Nicholson who works for Hollywood Records. And he kind of just asked me if I might want to sit and write some songs with these, you know, girls who were in an awesome band, but weren't really writing yet. And, and when I say weren't really, I mean, they just weren't writing at all. And, um, so I met with them and and the conversation really became more about like, Hey, what's, what's the next step? I mean, we're, we're, I, I was just blown away by them already just meeting them and hearing them play for the first time. And so I got them into the studio and we did some covers. We did a couple of videos. We did a Christmas song all while we're starting to write songs. And now their first single is out. 
Um, and we've got four more, five more songs in the works and an EP coming out around Warp Tour. So I've been pretty much just embedded in that world um, when I'm not doing Bowling for Soup. I'm producing another country artist as well. Um, and I, oh, and I just, uh, I just recorded another guy named Charlie Memphis, Charlie J. Memphis, but we're not talking about what I'm doing. We're talking about what I'm listening to. Uh, so I'm listening to what I've been producing, Charlie J. Memphis and uh, this other country project I'm doing and not your girlfriends. In fact, uh, let's just play a single, their new single by them right now. Um, we, we, we did the video with Band in Texas, which is the company that I have with longtime video guy, Jason Crocker. Um, and so we've been directing a bunch of videos as well as, um, you know, doing the stuff for Bowling for Soup and Not Your Girlfriends on the road. Not Your Girlfriends also just got off. They did this Texas-Oklahoma tour with us. is their first tour ever, and they absolutely killed. I think everybody who is saying great things about Bowling for Soup is also saying great stuff about them. Here's the, new, uh, here, here's the newest and first Not Your Girlfriend single. It's called Never Stop. Check out the video on their Facebook page or their YouTube channel and uh, go check them out. You can't
So next, we're going to hear from Fiona about uh, who is the poster of the month on the BFS fan page this month. That's right. Let's get her on the horn. Hey, Fiona, how's it going? Hey, Jarrett. Good, thanks. Daniel is uh, is here as well. Daniel, say hi. You're being rude. Hi, I'm sorry. Hi, Fiona. How you doing? All right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so everything's going awesome with the fan page since we... Um, yeah, otherwise... Gosh, it's actually been like two months since we've done this because we did the other one, even though it just came out. We did the other one before my birthday. And since then, we've been to South Africa and been on tour with, in Texas, and it's been nutty. So, uh, but everything on the page has been going, going great. It's been, been fun watching everybody. You guys have your, uh, there's a video fan page now, right? A YouTube or something? Yeah, I've got you set up a YouTube page, which is pretty cool. It's something we've wanted to do for ages, so finally got around to doing it. Awesome. And, and is, there, is there some good submissions so far? Uh, well, so far there's a couple of things. I have, but the poster of the week, month even, is uh, who, who's going to be on it or oh. who is on it. So. Awesome. Well, let's just let's go yeah. with it. Who's the post for episode four? Yeah, we'll yeah. who's, so, um, who's, who's the best post of this month? Uh, well, just before I do that, can I just quickly give a quick shout out to uh, Richard and Sarah Hayes' daughter Molly, who's been really poorly. Of course. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the page, but a load of sort of people had sent her flowers and cards and stuff to help her get better. Awesome. And I just thought that was great. Yeah, so it was really cool. But the poster of the month, I would like to go to, and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong now, I think. Um, Dave Colton, who did the video for Stop Doing That. Oh, yes, yes. Dave Colton, very good job yes. on the uh, Stop Doing That video. Very fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, he spent a lot of time doing that. And that is on the um, YouTube channel. So the Bowling for Soup fan page YouTube channel. And so uh, yes. Dave was able to assemble videos from a lot of people on the fan page yeah. and make a fan video for Stop Doing That, which is awesome. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, amazing video. Super cool to see so many faces that from around the world, really, and uh, yeah. on there. And, and uh, he worked really hard on it and did a really good job. So, uh, so Dave, you will be uh, getting something in the mail very soon, um, as, as well as our post from last month, who I still haven't sent that out yet either. Oh. Uh, out of sight, out of mind. And now we're, we're, we're in sight and in mind right now, and I'm going to take care of that shit. We're going to do it. Well, Brilliant. all right, Fiona. Well, thank you so much for everything. Thank Thanks for the help with the, um, as well with the, with the upcoming Bowling for Soup or, or, or my solo thing that's happening. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be Wait awesome. So we'll have yes. some fun with some meetups and things like that as we get closer to time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Jarrett. Okay. See you, Fiona. Take care. Yeah, bye, Daniel. Bye. 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 Okay, now, now we've talked about hanging up Skype for 20 minutes. <laughs> now, it's so funny, though. Anytime, you, anytime you, you English people say bye to each other, it's, it's, your voices go way up. So it's like, okay, okay, talk to you later then. Okay, bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh, I love it. Uh, next thing we want to talk about is Bowling for Soup on TV. And this month, we want to talk about your appearance on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, which, ah. just to explain to any US and worldwide listeners, is a pop culture panel show uh, where celebrities basically do a quiz about music. I don't know if you guys have anything similar. Do you have something on TV that's like that? No. I mean, it's... it. 
definitely not. So I went into this like flying blind. I had never seen it. All I was all I was done was warned about how crazy the host was, and yep. he, and even then, I I'm pretty crazy. But I, you know, I mean, again, this is a long time ago. So this is gosh, probably 15 years ago ish. Um, but I got asked to be on the show. And I went on and like some amazing comedians, you know, were the main, I mean, like really, really famous British comedian guy was on the other team. Uh, do you remember who it is? It's the long haired guy. He's like in movies uh, and shit. Bill Bailey? Maybe. I guess. That sounds Possibly. right. That sounds right. And um, so anyway, I, I did the show. And, but uh, the thing is, is that I actually said some funny shit. But they edit it, and so like a bunch of my jokes got edited out b because I think they might have been too American. So it kind of comes across as me being on the show, sort of like a deer in headlights, not saying anything. But I really did get a few zingers in. But the thing was, yeah. is that they don't, and I don't want to give too much away. Phil Jupitus is the one that asked me to be on there, and he's a big Bowling for Soup fan and a really big fan of, you know, the banter that I do at shows and stuff, and. But they sort of do know the topics before they come up. So they almost pre-establish who's going to say what and stuff. And I am more of an ad-lib guy. You know, like, I, I don't like that. I, I like, to, yeah. if you're going to turn on, to me, it's never as funny the second time you deliver it. So I'd just rather take the chance and jump off and be like, okay, press record. You know, I mean, it's kind of like um, the uh, the best example of like of genius that comes out of that that I can give you for Bowling for Soup is when we did the cover of Fergie London Bridge. I mean, that that you hear that became a single in the UK and the video that we did. That's the third time we ever went through it. And I was just like, guys, press record. It ain't getting any better than this. And it was just like, and th and they were all like, are you sure? Like, you guys don't want to rehearse it some more? I'm like, no, if we keep rehearsing it, it's just going to get worse. And that's just sort of the way that I feel about comedy in general. You know, like, I I'm always surprised when I hear that, like, Saturday Night Live rehearsed that show like five or six times, you know, all the, all the sketches and stuff. And, and maybe I get that, but, um, you know the i i i just really do like the organicness of it so i'm i'm not complaining or saying that i was way funnier than i come across i mean but i was <laughs> you know but uh, anyway i had great fun and in my coffee cup was beer uh i think if you want to see that you can't get it on youtube or anything it is available you can download it if you Go into the fan page and search. You can find it because I've posted it in there a couple of times. But if not, if you just message me, I can send you a file and you can download it and watch it. Definitely, as being someone who knows you, watching that, I could tell they'd edited your jokes out yeah. because you were so quiet. Yeah. And I was like, no, this, this isn't right. This isn't right. Um, I think it's funny because that's it's a very British thing. And those panel shows, that makes up probably... 90% of our comedy that's yeah. what's on our TV and the what a lot of comedians touring comedians stand-up comedians use those shows to write material right. and so that's why it's all rehearsed like that because they will you'll you will I mean you'll see it when on on the TV on BBC and everything you'll see them writing things down if it gets a laugh and stuff like that so that is it's definitely a, a structured rehearsed right. thing and you know that you just 
pretend it's not to enjoy it. You know? Absolutely. And, and you know, it again, it's one of those things where it's almost like I tell people of coming on my podcast, you know, where like everybody that comes in here the first time they can't get a word in because it's just already got this flow and it's just fast and you know yeah uh but everybody always wants that second chance because they're like okay i think i get it now you know and and (laughs) so i would have loved to have had a second crack at that and especially like now knowing your culture the way that i do knowing what you guys think is funny and like actually just sort of being embedded in your world as much as i as much as we poke fun at each other back you know as far as you know you and i with our cultures and stuff you know i'm pretty damn in tune with the way that english comedy works and how how you know great britain is as a whole um just that world you know like i'm i know how it is now so it would be fun to go back and and i think i'd absolutely kill it but you know i you'd have i'd have to watch the news i mean you know like your music news and stuff for because that was the other thing was i really only had any input if they were talking about an american artist because you know quite frankly i i didn't know anything about the tabloids there so you know i yeah. you know i know who robbie what's his face is but i don't know anything hilarious about him uh i don't I don't want to make this segment last too long, but a lot of British people are going to love hearing about this stuff. So I do want to ask a couple of questions. Um, so the, you were talking about the the host being crazy. Mark Lamar, who who used to host Nevermind the Buzzcocks, is known for being dry and offensive with his comedy. And they have a history of making people walk off the show and, you know have rants and smash coffee cups and all of this you know people people get pissed off with the stuff you know if they don't get his humor then they they can get really pissed did you get any was there any kind of jibe that was you know fuck you too far you know no well you know i think one of the things about me then was again i i don't i don't really think that i got it all the time so i guess you know if he was to i I think he took a couple of jabs at me you know being from america or being a a rock and roller or whatever um but i wouldn't have known enough to to snap back you know i mean i I think probably just really just took it as being sarcastic and being just a lot of fun And, and again i'd been warned about him or whatever to me he didn't come across as being like super offensive i thought he was funny but you're right i mean it's like when you find yourself in the middle of that kind of humor and you're you know we're i'm just more of an american comedy guy you know the more overt shit you know like less dry and sort of hidden meaning you know kind of stuff and uh you know i again i told you before like i i remember one day i was uh, we got to see jimmy carr live and i thought it was like one of the funniest things i'd ever seen and because it i was like okay i think i finally get what's funny about this now you know like it just it's different kind of comedy so um again you know like growing up with George Carlin and, and it being like more again overt in his facial expressions or whatever and things like that with where you're sitting there with somebody who just sort of says something and they almost do the 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 joke and the punchline at the same time and then just sort of like go by it really quick so that the audience has a delayed laugh thing that happens yeah um you know so yeah it, it moved pretty fast but no no he didn't he he definitely didn't uh take the piss or or offend me or anything like that i i i found it to be pleasant one thing that never mind the buscocks is famous for is they play a game where you hum the intro to a song or you you 
sing the intro to a song without singing any words mm-hmm. and someone someone on your team has to guess the song that you're singing the intro to um now just so you know the show finished airing in 2015 so you're not blowing anyone's cover here right do you remember that and how does it work do you all have to listen to the songs before so you know them because that's like a big shrouded mystery man i i i wish that i could shed some light on this i don't remember that i don't i i don't i um it sounds really familiar to me, but I, I don't really remember exactly how it goes. Like, I, it, it sounds like something, though, that probably was rehearsed, and then the people kind of, like, write jokes around it to be, you know, like, oh, it's Mary Had a Little Lamb, you know, no, it's Nirvana, or whatever, you know, but... Yeah. Um, but I, I can't say for sure that that's what happened. I don't I don't remember. I do know, I, I do know absolutely that the, that you know all the questions before they come up. And um, at, at at least all of them, you know, that are the main part of the show. And uh, you sort of given your chance to sort of like write your jokes to it, you know, and you got to run them by your team captain or whatever. So um, right. just most of mine, I, most of mine didn't make it, like we said. <laughs> <laughs> you did get a good one in, though. I can't remember who you're talking about, but you made some Britney Spears joke and it was it was a zinger. You got it. In oh, there. OK, I feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did, have you watched the episode back? Because I can send it to you. No, I. It's been a long time. I mean, uh, it's you know me. I I seldom like once I do something, it's out there. I used to watch shit back all the time, but I know I know I've seen it, but it's been a while. Because that's I mean, I I couldn't say for definite, but I think that is absolutely the height of British pop culture that you have been in. Because Even that, that more than Top of the Pops, you think? possibly you know that because that show top of the pops was very much people who like the charts will watch that Mm -hmm. um but nevermind the buzzcocks was evening adult entertainment yeah Yeah. you 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 might be right you might be right that might be uh we we don't we don't have a saturday night Live. we don't have the equivalent of that but yeah definitely buzzcocks was one of the the big you know evening weekend entertainment shows so yeah, I bet I bet I you're right. That that may be uh I may have I may have peaked early. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I've only known you about eight years and I'm pretty sure that yeah, you peaked before that. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things that was voted for this time around, well, I say this time, a few months ago now, um, was the story behind the song that people want to hear, and I was surprised by this one, was uh, critically disdained. Oh wow! Holy crap! I got to remind myself of that song. Actually, um, some, some fucking amazing lyrics in this song, but I was surprised that people wanted the story behind it because I thought it was pretty obvious. Okay, I can um, tell you uh, what album was this on? By the way, uh, Lunch Drunk Love. Was Lunch the first Drunk track. Love. Yeah. So. It was, it- it's the first track, and it was the first lead into. Oh, oh, I think he's pissed off about something. Maybe. Yeah. So, um, okay. So now, as I look at it, yeah, I remember seeing like, you know, I remember when I sat down to write this record. It was just exactly. I thought that this line was the first thing that should be on the album. Just like, this is where I'm at. Let's run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes, you know. And then once we fig, once they salute it, just fucking run it into the ground, you know. And then I, I think it's worth noting because 
flags in general is a very American uh, patriot thing. We don't really have the phrase run it up the flagpole. So if anyone's listening and doesn't know what that means, you should Google it because it's actually a fucking great line. But I didn't know what the fuck it meant when I first heard it. Yeah, it's essentially like, you know, basically see if someone will take notice, see if somebody will, will fall in love with this, see if somebody will back this up. You know, it's basically like run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes. It's kind of like, you know, where are we? in politics right now. I mean, it, you know, uh, these are loose things, but it's a very old saying here. And uh, and run it into the ground ma- basically means just overdo it. Just do it and do it and do it, you know. Um, and so... Uh, so then, then I say basically like all together now, we're just the same as we've always been. If you think you're better, you're probably right. So this is essentially just me going, all right, so basically... You know, people essentially talk about us as if we're just the same thing over and over and over and over again and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just basically saying, all right, this is what we do. But the first verse is I'm saying, here's what we do. Okay, if you think you're better than us, that's fine. You're probably right. Um, So that's really what. uh, So I'm basically just saying, you know, we're not here to change the world uh, we're here to laugh at others, maybe get a nap along the way. So again, it's it's just very much like, okay, here's where Bowling for Soup is right now. At that point, we've been together um, 20 years, almost 20 years, I guess, or right at 20 years. And, um, you know, I, I, I was about to embark on a really pissed off record. Uh, and so this is basically me just saying, you know, fuck it. You know, uh, you know, just you say what you want to say about it. And then say what you, basically the first verse in the chorus, I'm saying, say whatever the fuck you want about us. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'll meet you at the bar and I'll fucking buy you a beer, you know? And uh, so then in the second verse, I basically say the same thing. I'm just like, take a number. We've been here. We've been here a really long time. You know, again, it's almost 20 years. Um, doesn't look like we're leaving anytime soon. <laughs> and, and, you know, the bathrooms down the hall basically means, you know, hey, we're going to be That's, here for a while. That is, that is my favorite line. That's <laughs> such such a throwaway line, but it's so fucking funny. <laughs> right. And I love where that, that sits on this. So, um you're right. It is a throwaway, but that's one of those throwaway zingers that I like to do because even tonally where that what that is, like you you almost – you're more paying attention to, uh, you know, it doesn't seem that we're leaving anytime soon. The bathroom's down the hall. Take a shot at us. You almost, like, miss it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so take it, you know, then I say, basically, you know, we eat chumps like you for breakfast when we get up at noon. It's basically, look, we're still fucking sleeping all day, and we're still better than you. And we know it, but I'll still fucking buy you a beer if you want, you know? Um so then basically I say the hey jealousy line because um I it's just basically me being basically me saying look you're jealous but um so I go, hey, Jealousy, I'm calling you Hey, Jealousy. And then I go, it's a song by the band The Gym Blossoms. I accidentally saw them once. Once when me and my ex were in uh, New Orleans on New Year's. We, um, it was the day before New Year's Eve. And we were just walking down the street at night. We had stopped, stopped and had some food. And we're just, and it's real fucking cold and wet, right? <clears throat> we're just walking along down the street and just, I'm like, God, that voice sounds familiar. It's really weird. And there's this huge, like, festival area. And there is fucking maybe 20 people watching this band. Like, fucking huge area. Like, because tw- it's so cold and wet. 
Like, nobody had gone to this thing. And fucking Gin Blossoms are just up there rocking, uh, playing a show. And so we sat there and watched a couple of songs, you know, from the fence and then walked on. And, and so that's where that comes from. The uh, accidentally saw them some once. And then so basically then I come back and I'm like, um, hey, I got carried away there sorry i got off on a tangent but it's it's easy to be afraid when you're so critically distinct so essentially you know critically a lot of times i think in and especially like the second 10 years of our career i think critically we almost got reviewed before people would even listen to our songs like i think a lot of times the article was written in the person's head before they even put a pen to paper and before they even pressed play on whatever device they were listening to um something happened soon after that maybe around this record actually um i think that might be this might be the one actually lunch drunk love might be the one where interestingly enough you know i opened the album with this particular point and it's it's very aimed directly at at who would be listening to it to do that and all of a sudden all the reviews were good like we just didn't get bad reviews anymore it's it's one of those things where it's shit they've been together 20 years we should probably you know not shit on them all the time <laughs> and uh and so and still to this day you know we're uh we're still you know 20 24 years in now and um you know, people tend to be like, look, you know, they're here to stay. If you don't like them, fine. You, but you can't really say anything too negative about it because th- it works. Um, but yeah, for be, you know, to, we're, we're being cl- critically disdained for being happy, smiling, drinking, laughing, cussing, not overthinking, rocking while the ship is sinking. And we can't even swim. So rocking while the ship is sinking, it obviously goes back to the Titanic and uh the, and and I thought and we can't even swim would be funny cuz like we'd be too drunk to fucking save ourselves anyway so we just the band plays on uh but there you go critically disdained was my opening to I knew it was going to be an angry album I didn't expect people to like it um except for just the hardcore fans um in fact I've said this this story many times that my manager didn't like lunch drunk love at first and then 2 weeks later called me and apologized and said, you know, this is the fucking best album you've ever written. And, um, at that time, even Gary was like, fuck everybody. This is, this is the, your fucking best album ever. You know, like we're, this is great. Um, so again, one that I'm really proud of. And, uh, that is an interesting, interesting one for them, me to tell them what that meant, but essentially it's my F you to the haters and to the critics. And I'm just letting you know, we're not going anywhere. It's funny with that album because it was, you know, quite different. But hearing that was the first time. And going back to what we were saying about fishing for woos, hearing Lunch Drunk Love, I was like, oh shit, this is drunk enough to dance. This is back. This is raw. Right. This is fucking heavy and and you know, this is punk. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I just want to point out uh, on the last one, I listened back to the last episode of this and I realized that when I open a beer, it's way louder than I thought. And I don't have like a little right. Jarrett's opening a beer song. So I'll do it just for if you. you. Okay, go. Daniel's opening a beer. Nice. We, Perfect we timing. <laughs> okay, guys. So that's what that noise is. If you were thinking like, what the fuck is he dragging around his house? Cause it's so loud. Uh, the last thing we need to do is the Q&A with the fan page and 
I have a stockpile of questions, like four and a half pages. Um, so we'll get to most of them next time. I just want to say, because of the delay with the last one, it's worth noting that some of these questions are super old and came from January of this year. So some of them are a little bit outdated. Let's, let's do this. The- let's let's jump to the to the more recent ones then. And then those people that oh no, you're not doing that. No. No. no I want to read out the first one to find out how far behind you are. <laughs> so Laura Baker asks are the Steelers going to win the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> and I would like to answer this one for you. No, they're not. Um, my guess would be the Eagles. I would put all of your money on them if you still have time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah. So let's go to the more recent questions. We'll let people know. If you asked an old question, we're sorry we didn't get to it. We get to as many of them as we can. And, no, uh, I, w- I will I will get to everyone at some point. It's just, yeah, there's... Um, there's a lot to run through and we'll probably run out of questions at some point. It's just right now everyone wants to get something in. Um, so uh, both Geraldine Darling and Joy Hollinshead have asked for, if they can find out ASAP, what's going to happen for the 25th anniversary because they want to plan a fan page trip to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know yet. That will actually will start getting planned though like real soon because we do plan out about a year in advance um so the answer is like in the next few months we should have a better idea of of what it is we're gonna do we have to kind of decide okay are we doing a tour are we doing a huge show are we doing a tour of shows you know of of anniversary shows you know what what's the plan so i personally i'd like to do another texas weekend thing like we did um we've we've done a couple of times in the past um and a, a little bit more organized to make it like a really fucking cool event and something that people would come in for from out of town uh, so, so I'll I'll probably end up moving towards that, and um, you know we'll uh, we'll see where we land. Jamie Penn asks: Of all the times I've seen Bone Soup, they've never played "99" by Friends live. Is there a reason? As I've never seen it on any set list either. Man, but here's the thing, Jamie: you could say that about more songs than you can't say that about. I mean, it's it's just a really tough thing these days because, and especially you know. When an once your an album is sort of out and you're you know you're 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 moving on you know to or or even backward I mean I guess what I'm trying to say is it's like if we just play our singles it's a two hour show you know and so there's so many songs that we sort of are expected to play we try to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor here and there of ones that you wouldn't expect um, but you know that is that is a really good one I love that song. But the the real reason is just because, you know, most of the time when we record a song, we don't ever really expect to play it. Because, again, if we don't play almost somebody, you know, a lot of people are going to be pissed, you know, plus we like when people sing along. So I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's one that I could do during Heartache and Hilarity because I know that Jamie's in England and uh, and and maybe that because that one does have some cool stories behind it. Michael Price asks, with so many Bon Jovi references in many songs, are the band fans or is it in jest? And if you're fans, what does Jarrett think about the recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? Uh, I think that they definitely deserve the induction. There's no question. I mean, they, they're the ones that, you know, before Guns N' Roses, you could say they kind of took hair metal to to the fucking 
arena, I mean, stadiums and, you know, it's crazy what, what they did. I love, I love a lot of Bon Jovi stuff. I grew up listening to their early stuff. Um, they, I sort of stopped listening obviously as I started to get into heavier stuff, but, um, you know, I still think, um, the cowboy on the steel horse song is fucking great. And, and, you know, we, I don't know if you guys remember, we used to cover, uh, you gave love a bad name. In fact, you gave love a bad name was up for the cover that was going to go on. Let's do it for Johnny. But the label thought I sounded too much like John Bon Jovi, so we ended up doing the Brian Adams instead. Uh, so yeah, big fans. Uh, definitely not in jest. In fact, um, we uh, we kind of wanted them to win the Grammy that we were nominated for. Uh, that it was uh, between us, Bon Jovi, Dave Matthews, In Sync, and No Doubt. We really wanted Bon Jovi to win because we knew we weren't gonna. But we were both losers. <laughs> If you've not seen that, uh, you give love a bad name cover or heard it. If you go to YouTube uh, on the uh, Just Can't Get Rid of Us UK tour in 2010, Bone Suit played that every night, so there's a lot of footage of that, and it sounded great. Thanks, man. Uh, Steve Rice asks, there are many huge game franchises and titles out there that have their own soundtrack radio, have huge artists and bands on there, Grand Theft Auto, Far Cry, Saints Row, Fallout, to name a few. Other than Sonic... And I think Backyard Wrestling, would you like to see any of your songs on these games? My first question before you answer is, did you know your song was on that wrestling game? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I know it was on the wrestling game. We're also on like NHL 2004 uh, and a couple of other ones that were on here and there. Nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, and and the answer is yes. Of course, you always want your song anywhere it could possibly go. But uh the song Greatest Day was actually written for Tiger Woods Golf uh, 2000 or 2001 or something like that. And I made it to like the last two submissions and it got turned down. So, I, it, the, so we went back and we just put it on Drunk Enough to Dance. And that song has been in so much shit. It's been on movies and television and just crazy television shows and um it's it's been a real real winner. So maybe I should write songs more geared towards that and just see what happens whether they get on there or not. <laughs> now that you're not with the record label, but they still own a bunch of shit, do you find that your stuff winds up in places where you never knew it was going to be because they get the permission or what? No, because I'd still have to give permission. Actually, it's, they they just don't even really. And you know that's the thing is it's not really necessarily about the label trying to do it. It's more about your publishing company trying to do it and get it all out there. The label really from the master side really doesn't give a shit. I mean, they don't care. They're not, they, they don't really either. They probably wouldn't say yes or no. They, they just don't, don't care. So, um, there's only been a couple of things. Uh, there's that one anime show. Um, I actually did an interview about this just the other day. I can't remember what it's called, but, um, we were on some anime show, the theme song for it and everything. And I had no idea that we were on it or how it got there or anything. Um, but, uh, but that's fine. I mean, they pay me my ass cap, so it's a, it's a few bucks a month, you know? So <laughs> can you, can you explain what that abbreviation means for anyone? Who doesn't know? <laughs> what ass cap? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, ass cap, I was just imagining how that sounds. They paid me my ass cap, so that's fine. <laughs> Okay, ASCAP and BMI are the two companies that basically collect your royalties when your song is used. So they, it's pennies a usage, 
and they go out there and collect the pennies and turn them into a few bucks for you. That's pretty much what it is. Cool. Alexander Hunt asks, if you could play anywhere or in any venue, which would you choose and why? Um, man, I mean, I feel like we've already done it, you know? I mean, I, we've played the best venues in the world. I can't really think of, uh, I mean, well, I was going to say Madison Square Gardens, but we've played there. So, I, I mean, shit, we've done, I mean, we've literally done, I got to say that I think we've done it. You know, I, I don't, I really do. I think we're, we are so fortunate to have played in every venue that you could imagine. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to think of one that we haven't. So I just have to say. Alexander, Alexander did make a joke about, uh, he said, which would you choose and why would it be Wembley Stadium? Okay. Wembley Stadium, actually. That's a good one. That, that is a good one. You know, we did a Wembley arena. So Wembley Stadium. I think that's like 90,000 90, people. I'd be into that. We did the Rose Bowl. That's 80,000 people. So, you know, super close. No, it's like 120th. I don't know. We did download. Fuck it. <laughs> what, what was the Rose Bowl for? It was a thing called Wang Tango. Big rest radio festival. We were like, uh, you know, one of 30 bands or something. I think Aerosmith headline. That was the week. Is like in, a, in, like, in a, like a 10-day period. We did a festival with Black Sabbath, Kiss, and Aerosmith, respectively. So that's a big fucking couple of week period for sure. Dan Thornhill asks if you could pick a band to do a BFS UK co headline tour with, who would that be? Um, UK co headline. Co headline tour. So, so assuming that they would be like the same level as us. So like, don't get yeah. fucking crazy. Right. Like I could say green day, but that'd be stupid because we wouldn't draw as many people as them. Uh, newfound glory. Okay, cool. Uh, Susie Robson asks, and so did several other people in the fan page you may have seen. Can we have a Newcastle date on the September tour? Do you want to just quickly explain briefly about how, how tour planning works yeah. and, and why that may or may not happen, etc. Absolutely. So the way that it works is that there's basically, I have an agent um, and that agent basically puts out the feelers for Jarrett Reddick's going to be here in September. Here's what, here are the available dates. Then those available and then the promoter then has to go to all the various venues in the various cities. And in some videos, I understand uh, venues in the, I, you know, you got to think like on the level that I'm doing that tour, there's six or seven venues in each city that might want to put in a bid. So, so some people will want the show. Some people won't want the show. And then it becomes, they, then they have to route it. So then the dates have to make sense. So the date has to be wanted by the venue available at the venue and then make sense for the tour itself, which for me, the way that it works is it's not open-ended dates. It's like, this is when I don't have my kids. This is where I can come over. So then they take into consideration, okay, once all that's done, then it's sort of charted out on a thing, and then they sort of take into consideration whatever their numbers are. I don't have anything to do with that because essentially I could say I don't want to play a certain city. I don't ever do that, but I could. But really – what happens is I just basically get say, I want to come over on tour and then the promoter puts it all together. And then I just basically get an offer that says, okay, you want to come over and do this. So I don't 
call the venues and try to set it up or and I don't tell you know sometimes I'm bummed out like man I why am I not playing Manchester on this tour well there's probably seven reasons why Manchester didn't work out um I don't specifically know what those are but I do know that if they could have gotten me into Manchester they would have so either the venue wasn't available on the right night or um whatever else it is so um you know, unfortunately, I can't be everywhere all the time. I I will say that I um I take it super super personal that I I upset people by not going to their town. Um, so if you know if I haven't responded to you about your city, understand that I am sorry <laughs> and I can't. I, I'm bummed out that I'm not going to Glasgow this time. I know I did add that show last time. Um, I physically can't do it this time because I'm going to try Europe. Um, and I haven't tried Europe in a really long time. Um, uh, so I'm going to, I'm, and I'm doing that kind of for selfish reasons. I'm bringing my wife over and, um, going to go over and like kind of turn it into a, Hey, we're in Belgium, you know, like, uh, taking my wife to Belgium and I, I just got to work for a couple hours later. Um, and also just because I, again, I haven't, I haven't been to mainland Europe since like 2003, 2004, something like that. Um, it's time that I get back over there and try it. So anyway, I'm doing the four or five shows in the UK and that's, you know, that's what I can do. But, but here's the thing about heartache and hilarity and me doing the solo stuff. Like if it starts to work, I could actually, there's no reason why I couldn't do, you know, two short trips a year and cover different parts of the country or whatever, you know, um, you know, I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm just saying, um, Daniel, I'm just saying I'm doing the damn best I can. You know what's awesome about this conversation, though, is like everybody goes through it, and especially in England because, you know, it's it's so compact, you know, that like, for example, like if we're doing an East Coast tour in the U.S., it's so fucking far away from California that like nobody from California is going why didn't you come to San Francisco? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, because we're on the East Coast. But it's like over there, it's like, all right, if you're more than 20 minutes away, I'm pissed that you didn't come to my city. But here's the thing. I watch like Frank Turner go through it all the time. I watch like Simple Plan go through it all the time. Like everybody goes through this, you know? So I just think it's a thing where it's passionate fans really wanting us to come close to them. And, uh, you know, Again, it's hard for me not to feel bad that I can't make everybody happy, but I really wish you guys, if you're listening to this and you can travel to come see my show, I really wish you would because it's a, it's going to be awesome. I'm bringing a couple of new elements into it this time that I think you'll all think are really cool musically and um, going to do pretty much all different songs. So, you know, two more hours of stories and shit like that. And man, I can keep doing it forever. I got a fucking 19 albums, so... Let's fucking go. Let's do this shit. Something I would say to everyone listening is if you're upset that Jarrett isn't coming to your town, the best thing you can do is fucking buy a ticket for a different show and show promoters, show agents, show venues that these shows can fucking sell out yeah, and exactly and make people want them next time, you know? Yeah. That's the best thing. It's a it's a really good point because I didn't sell out everywhere last time I came over and uh, in and it was like it really kind of like a leap of faith, you know, for the, for the venues, the promoter, for me, for the, my agent, you know, um, I didn't really care. I mean, it's not about the money for me. never has been, um, you know, as long as I can break even and sell some t-shirts, I'm fine. You know, um, I just got to be able to pay rent. I don't give a fuck about, you know, <laughs> making a fucking fortune or anything. So, um, it, it's never, it's never about the money. 
it's it's more just about like I gotta at least have a certain number of people show up, otherwise the the promoter's eating his fucking hand, you know, and I feel like an asshole. So yeah, come to the show. Show that this show works because uh, it really does. And I promise, if you enjoyed it last time, you're gonna enjoy it more this time because now I've got the confidence to bring over some fucked up shit that I probably wouldn't have tried before. So uh, I'm stoked. Okay. Sam Parker asks, you've supported Steel Panther, so my question is, if you could pick one band from any time ever to support, who would it be? I'd still have to say Green Day. I mean, Green Day or the Foo Fighters, I think. I just think that our our music before theirs would be fucking awesome, and then it's just always fun to finish a show and get to watch a band that you just fucking love. Um, the Descendants would be really fun, too, um, but... I think all in all, I think Green Day would be the ultimate for us. And, and I just think that, that fan-wise, it would be really cool, too. Grant Hill says, uh, you mentioned on the last podcast about retiring the Texas guitar, but the new one didn't replace it. Uh, it was great, but different. Uh, have you thought about doing something similar to Billy Joe uh, that he did with his Blue Strat and having a replica made so that... Um, you could take it out on tour with you. He said, even using a new Super Sport Axis as the basis for it. Yeah, I didn't realize that he did that. I have wondered about that before in the past, of like what he's done with that thing. So maybe I'm having trouble retiring it. Um, it just, it's just plays so awesome. It's like, it really is. It's like, I like the new guitar a lot, but but I will say that. There's just something about that Texas guitar where it's just like it, it almost just it I swear it's true. It almost just plays the songs by itself. Um but yeah, I I I do eventually need to leave it at home before something happens to it, but you know, I I, I definitely don't see that happening anytime real soon cuz I I haven't found quite the comfort in anything else yet. We'll see what happens, but I like the idea of the replica thing. That's a good idea. Your friend of mine, Joe Tasker, asks, whatever happened to the covers album? I remember you doing Ball and Chain at Soundcheck a few years ago, and I love that. Uh, still being talked about. I mean, I throw that in anytime I talk about state things that we're thinking about doing. Um, in fact, I gotta, I have to decide on that probably sometime in the next couple of months. Like, what's next? Should we do a new record? Should we do Greatest Hits, uh, Second Ten Years? Should we do a covers album? I mean, that, you know, and I know... Um, some fans will be like all of the above and, and I actually think all of the above is a good idea too but realistically you know what what would be the one for us to focus on is what I got to figure out and uh, so we'll see I mean right now I've been writing and um, not for Bowling for Soup but for other stuff and I feel like I'm kind of like in a really cool spot right now so writing Bowling for Soup songs actually sounds like a lot of fun for me um, but the covers record sounds fun too and uh, and the second ten, I'm I'm actually more and more convinced each day that songs people actually liked too should be a thing. So I've been thinking about that a bunch too. So we'll see. Okay, and let's finish on this one. Owen Lewin asks, can you tell us a bit about your upcoming album with Kelly? Is it still your genre and style of songwriting, or is it a different style altogether, or a mixture? Uh, does it have summer vibes, a theme, or just individual songs? When can we expect it to be available? Also, is there another BFS album in the making? Well, we kind of covered the BFS thing on the last question, um, but the Kelly thing is going great. Uh, in fact, it's going so good that like we, we actually should be done writing by now, but I want us to have at least one more trip. We've got 15 songs written, and I think the last two trips that we've done, we have about seven that are like for sure slam dunks. Um, 
So it has a vibe of sometimes being a little punk rockish, sometimes leaning a little bit more country, sometimes just being really, really super sweet. But that's just that the songs have been written. So, you know, I'm going to really try to hand over the production this time to Linus and like not to actually sort of let him produce instead of it just him, me, you know, driving the ship and him just helping me make it sound whatever is in my head already. I think just letting it go and like letting him be a real producer will be really a fun exercise. And I think it'll it'll make the songs even better. Um, but I'm super stoked. Our idea is to try to have it out in the fall. Um, so, you know, I'm shooting for Thanksgiving, uh, which is end of November. We'll see. You know, I, I really, I, and I, I do want to try to have at least some of the stuff done and, um, maybe even out early before, um, before I, you know, we tour together again so that maybe we could even do the, some of the songs together. So I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I thank you for all the interest in that project. Uh, if you guys are, don't know what we're talking about, I'm doing a duets record with Kelly Dolly Rot from the Dolly Rots. And um, yeah, we're having, we're having an absolute blast writing it. And uh, I, I, I really, really can't wait for you guys to hear some of the songs. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the BFS Fan Page Rampage, Episode 4. Please go like us, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review. I don't know why. Apparently that shit is good. Um, I am Daniel Cotton. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel Cotton, C-O-T-T-O-N. If you Google Daniel Cotton from Twitter or one word, you can find all of my shit. Apparently also Jarrett is famous, I guess. I am famous. Uh, find me everywhere at J-A-R-E-T, J-A-R-E-T-2113. Uh, also, check out my podcast uh, that I do called Jarrett Goes to the Movies. Uh, if you like a movie, go find it in the list and just listen to it. Uh, you know, it's it's not all about the movie. There's a lot of fun stuff in there as well. So it's a it's a fun, good listen. and uh, But not as good as the BFS fan page, Rampage, episode four. Thanks for <laughs> listening. And uh, thanks for being awesome. See you guys. Bye, guys. Fan page rampage with BFS. Fan page rampage with Jared Reddick and Daniel Cadden from.